Hey, welcome to my car. We're gonna go get dinner and then we're gonna, ah, the radio is on. We're gonna get dinner and then we're gonna uh, get seltzers because I'm in a fantastic mood. I filed my taxes. I hate doing anything money related and I was uh, cringing the whole time, having a near panic attack that I'm lying to the IRS, that they're gonna catch me even though I don't, I'm, I am not doing anything on purpose. I'm not trying to be fraudulent or deceptive. I um, just, taxes are insane when it's like form 1095A. Oh, we don't collect this anymore, but you qualify for this deductible. Sign here and I just, I hate it. And so I'm happy it's done and over with. And then I was, um, thinking about why do I feel such relief that like, I don't know, it felt like someone took a really heavy, um, like itchy wool blanket off of me. And now I'm myself for the first time. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if I've been stressed about taxes for the past five months. And then, um, I went to my kitchen and I saw my new calendar hanging on the wall. And it's something so small, but it's a tool that's really helping me stay grounded. Like I wrote when taxes were due and when I have therapy. And then I checked my uh, sobriety counter app and I was able to put on the calendar. So this upcoming July 19th, I forget if that's a Saturday or a Sunday. I think it's Sunday. And on this upcoming Sunday, I wrote two years alcohol free and in the kitchen I squealed like genuinely and sincerely and I wanted to talk about that because I don't know if I'm gonna feel this great again so I want to like live in the moment so it's kind of like I'm celebrating two years right now uh, prematurely and that's okay like it's coming up um, I'm really excited about it and I was just this is so morbid but I was like I don't have people over my house, but I was thinking, I had a moment of hesitation, like, do I write this on my calendar that like, if I do have a visitor, they're gonna see it. And I really thought if someone comes into my house and murders me, and then like my house becomes a crime, crime scene with like dozens of investigators and then reporters, I want one of the clues to be like, Oh my goodness, he was about to celebrate his two years alcohol-free. Um, and I say that to just say, like, I love true crime. I love learning about weird cases and all this stuff. And I don't feel bad or morbid about it, actually. So I have this whole theory. Like, we flock to these true crime podcasts and these shows and I have a really brilliant thought process behind it. So we're not being like gossipy or disrespectful to it when we're interested in these uh, stories. In fact, I would say it is a celebration of our lives and we want to know all the possible scenarios and all the possible warning signs to protect ourselves. And, um, for a little bit of a comparison or an analogy, 
picture hens in the hen house. I think that's like a, a saying for like, you know, like women gossiping. Like, oh, you're just hens in the hen house. But if you picture hens in a hen house, what would they do? Oh, my friends on bikes. I see them. I'm waving at them. Hey, have a good ride. Uh, oh my goodness, real life podcasting live. Um, they waved back at me. I promise I have friends in the real world, although you wouldn't really know it um, based on me being alone for five months. So, hens in the hen house. How many times can I say that phrase? Um, basically, if a predator enters the hen house, they all start squawking and communicating with each other. Why? Uh, it's not gossip. It's survival. They are warning each other. They are explaining that something's not right. And that's how I feel about um, our, my obsession with anything true crime related. Like we want to know um, the characters involved, the warning signs. And so, um, why did I mention this? Oh, because I'm afraid of being murdered in my house. All right, I'm uh, at the place. I am picking up a giant salad with all the premium add-ins and a delicious dessert. And I'm outside the salad place and I am looking inside the pizza place and I don't, I only see, oh, she has long hair. That is not who I had a flirtation with. Um, so, uh pizza guy. Where are you? Where art thou? Okay, I'll be back in a little bit. Hey, okay, recording this is an experience and an ongoing experiment of how my mood changes in with very in a very little amount of time. Um, so, oh my god, I just lived like three lifetimes. Long story short, I, um, so much happened. I changed the music on this podcast because I wanted to change the interlude that you just heard. I want to encourage you to take a deep breath, to uh, drink some water, to reflect on how you're feeling, relax your shoulders, unclench your jaw. So that's why I have like a little bit longer of an interlude now. And then, so I changed that, um, I was recording and driving and I saw a stoplight, so I stopped, I looked left, I looked right, there was no one coming, and so my brain said, oh, you did the action required of a stop sign? Go. But it was a red light. And then I was screaming into my phone, oh my god, I'm running a red light. It was fine, it was safe, like I really, I did, I just treated it as a stop sign. And then that was my cue, like, why don't you just like, not record as you drive anymore. So lesson learned. And then at the grocery store, I saw someone super attractive. They threw me off my game. And long story short, I don't want to objectify this person, but when you were, when you're a muscular dude and you do the thing where you wear a tank top and you have gigantic biceps and then your pectoral muscles are peeking out the side of your tank top, well done, dude. It was nice to see you grocery shopping the same time I was. Um, then I got home and I was like, oh, I'm in a better mood to be like 
recording at home instead of in the car. I got to pee. I feel better. I'm relaxed. So I recorded for like eight minutes. And then I was, <laughs> I was really proud of what I recorded. And I was basically, I went to Google and I've done this before and I encourage you to Google this. Google, let me find the term. Um, highly sensitive person test questions. And it's the highly sensitive person test. It should come up first. And basically what I did, I think it's 14 questions or it's a bunch of questions. And you just check if the statement is true for you. It's a pretty easy thing to take. And I was going along checking each one and then sharing like a little story. And so I'm going to read one like I am easily overwhelmed by strong sensory input check. And then I would tell a little story, like if I'm out at a concert where I can't sit down, like it's a standing one, I'm upset. I remember going to an air show as a kid and you know, you think like, oh, you're a little kid, you're a little boy and you're going to see airplanes with your dad. I was so exhausted by the bright sunlight and the fumes of the tailgate. I was like miserable. I, if I was just like, not enjoying it. I was upset. I felt like sick to my stomach the whole time. Anyway, I was going through recording myself talking through each of these things. And then when I got to the end of it, I read, this is copyrighted material and may not be copied and used without permission. And then I was like, I went from so happy to utterly crushed that I just spent like almost 10 minutes recording. And I was proud of my jokes and my one-liners and my reflections and then I realized it's easier to just delete it and it's what like what's annoying is like we are a small intimate group you're in the VIP club no one's gonna care from this like psychologist website that like I'm talking about their test anyway check it out I think it's interesting you might relate to it um, but it's helped me kind of accept myself like I'm a highly sensitive person and like a lot of stresses me out, overwhelms me. And I think that contributes to a re- to the reasons that like I would drink because I needed to cope with things like just being at a party, loud noises, people, uh, small talk, all these things stress me out. But do you know what's um, healthier than that? Kind of acknowledging that I'm a highly sensitive person and then going from there. For example, now I can acknowledge that and I've been in small talk conversations where I just call it out where I'm like, hey, I'm like, I'm stressed out at this party. Like, I don't know anyone. I'm nervous. And then like, I just like drink my seltzer or I stay home. I do my own art therapy and I talk to you. Um, But okay, so I don't even want to get into the like brainstorming I've been having, but I've been thinking, I am happy that I record these and I'm happy to go on Instagram live. And like, I'm, it's, it's always, it puts me in a better mood once I do it. Like I have a small group who join me and you, I'm so honored that you listen to me. You look at my face, you type your thoughts and your comments and you take breaks from like your work days and you just like hang out with me. And so I want to lean into just doing this and the Instagram lives. And I, that might not be a big deal, but like, to me it is like, I feel like I'm bothering people by doing this and taking up space. And so 
it feels like a mindset shift of like, you know what, like I'm doing it. I'm here, I'm queer, get used to it. Um, You have a gay friend, a gay sober friend. And so go tell your friends and family that like, actually you can tell your friends and family that I'm like your boyfriend. We're dating now. Um, And we talk all the time. We talk three times a week. And um, how did we meet? Um, We met um, going to one of those pop-up tax businesses that is only in use like six months out of the year. And we both waited for the last minute and we don't have computers at home. So we had like, let's say like a comical amount of files, like so many files and we're both dressed up as 80s uh, secretaries. No, is it 80s? What's nine to five with Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin and James Fonda? When was that movie? Oh my goodness, I could be a recorder, a podcaster who does the thing where they like look things up while you're on the computer. I mean, while you're listening. Nine to five movie. That movie is so fun. 1980. So I want us to dress up like uh, Dolly Parton and Jane Fonda in nine to five. And we're carrying files that go from like our waist up to our chins. And we're walking into the tax building at the same time and we bump into each other and you're like, oh my goodness, why are you dressed like Dolly Parton from nine to five? And I'm like, why are you waiting till the last minute to do your taxes? And then it's like, we should date. And so now we're a couple. Congratulations. Thanks for listening this long. Okay. Uh, um, gratitude. Today I'm grateful that I finished my taxes. I'm grateful that... Um, I'm self-diagnosed as a highly sensitive person and I'm grateful that I have nutritious food to eat today and I have new seltzers that I'm going to drink and I hope, I'm, I'm thankful that maybe I am helping you return to gratitude today. So, oh, the witches of the... the <laughs> I just got so excited and stuttered because The Witches is on Netflix. If you have not seen the movie The Witches, I feel so bad for you and your childhood. Um, You should watch it. Angelica Houston. Okay, this is... I am obsessed with this um, component of gay culture that gay men just instinctively know who we all like flock to as gay icons. It is just, it makes my heart so happy. So I just saw Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston in Witches is iconic because she's a hideous witch who has like a human form. And so, okay, it's basically an analogy for living in the closet. Like you have the secret and then once she's behind closed doors, it's really complicated if you haven't seen it, but like, Basically, she rips off her human mask and she just looks like a horrible witch. And then, but like, she's a gay icon because also, so she's hiding who she is, but she's also the most powerful and she hates children. And she has this like really awesome glamorous side to her, gay icon. Uh, I remember seeing Frozen with my family on Christmas and went, so I'm like enjoying it. Like you enjoy a Disney movie, a Pixar movie. 
But when Idina Menzel's character starts singing um, Let It Go, she has this powerful moment where she's like embracing her magical powers and she changes her dresses and she belts a note. I remember thinking like, oh my God, gay icon. And lo and behold, she's like, gay men just know who we like. And it's just, it makes me really happy. Um, And so... I didn't know I would share that tangent. Um, And it's a long list. It is a long list of people who just like, I don't know. And there are theories that like we, we like outcasts. We like the, um, the empowered person or the person who takes control of themselves. Um, Anyway, who, God, shut up T-Doodler. Um, please DM me. I am lonely. I want to hear how you're doing and I hope you have a great day. All right. I love you. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye.